Welcome to the Alkaline Unplugged podcast. I'm Erin Parazuski, a functional fitness expert and health coach. I am the founder and CEO of Alkaline, a holistic health and wellness company that operates boutique fitness studios across the U.S. I live in Menlo Park, California with my husband and two young daughters. I'm joined by my podcast partner, Kathy Purnell, a master instructor at Alkaline and a former special education teacher. Kathy has three grown daughters and lives in Los Altos with her husband, Jeff. We're super excited to introduce to you our very first episode of Alkaline Unplugged. Kathy and I have been talking about starting a podcast for quite a while, and the time has finally come. We will cover a whole host of topics related to holistic health and overall wellness of mind, body, and soul. We're so grateful you have chosen to tune in and look forward to your feedback. Welcome to the very first Alkaline podcast. My name is Kathy Purnell, and I'm a master instructor for Alkaline Studios, and I have the pleasure to introduce the owner and founder of Alkaline Studios, Aaron Parazuski. Welcome, Aaron. Thanks, Kathy. Glad to be here. Excited for our first podcast. Yes. Just like having coffee with a good friend. Exactly. All right, let's get started with a little background information on you. Tell us what you were up to before you started Alkaline. What was your background prior to embarking on your fitness and wellness journey? Well, originally, professionally, I graduated from college and moved out to the West Coast and started my first job in investment banking. And then I continued in banking for a while. And then I moved into finance for a healthcare company. And then I became a Six Sigma consultant. And then I worked in product development and product marketing. And then... um, yeah, then I decided it was time for a change. So I've done a little bit of everything. I have the finance background, the um, the marketing background, and then uh, about nine years into that, I decided that I wanted to do something different and open my own business. And what made you want to take that leap to running your own business? Well, my dad's an entrepreneur, so I think I always had that in my system. But I think I just realized that I'm kind of a grinder. I I'm a hard worker and I always put 100% into everything I do. I did when I mowed lawns and waited tables and I've had the same attitude and towards everything I've ever done. And I just felt in my corporate role, I was sort of like a cog in the wheel and I just felt like I wasn't working for something I was really even interested in. And so I thought, oh, well, I kind of took a step back and figured out the best part of my day was when I was teaching fitness classes, which is something I'd picked up after I left banking and started more of a nine to five job. Uh, and so I was trying to think about how I could make my passion, my profession. Yeah, that's awesome. And you clearly have done that. What has been the best part of opening your own business and what's been the greatest challenge? I think the best part is just building something that I really believe in. And it doesn't really even feel like work. I know that kind of sounds cliche, but I get to wake up every day and do something that I love. And I hear so many people struggle with, you know, what their purpose is and what their passion is. And for me, that's not an issue at all. I mean, I definitely found my purpose and passion. My challenge is just having enough time in the day to execute upon all my, (laughs) um, passions, but I just love, I mean, there, when I worked in corporate America, I honestly, I had serious case of, I won't even say this, the Monday blues or the Sunday blues. Like it, it was every day. It started on Friday. I, I didn't even, I worked every weekend back in my baking days and 
I just, I don't know. I just, I always dreaded going to work. And, and when you do have a job, it's a significant amount of your day. So I believe you should really enjoy what you do and feel like you're working towards something other than a paycheck. And yeah, so I think that's the best part is, you know, building something that I love and then building something, a legacy for my kids. And when you're not at the studio, what do you do to unplug? I'm getting, that's a challenge for me, unplugging, but I'm getting better. I think the best way to unplug is just to be with my kids. I have a five-year-old and a nine-year-old, two girls, and they are just the light of my life. Um, So we try to spend time just, I don't know, it sounds silly, but we just snuggle and like read books and hang out. And yeah, that's the best way for me to unwind. Um, And Alkaline is a family-run business. Um, you definitely are setting such a great example for your girls. And I know personally, I've seen them in the studio and they, they definitely are as much a part of Alkaline as you and Tony are. What, what is Tony's involvement with the company? How does he, it's a family run business. How does he factor in? What are, yeah, it's interesting because he does help on the back end with you know, some QuickBooks and things like that. And he helps coordinate, um, you know, things with our CPA and our accountant. And for the franchise business, we have to do a financial audit. So he really bears the burden of that. And it is (laughs) quite a a burden. Um, He's not involved in the day-to-day, but it is a family business in that he has to support it day-to-day because this is our thing. And I'm, I spend so much time and energy on offline. So he, you know, especially at the weekends when I teach, he pitches in, you know, more with the kids and, you know, he enjoys it too. He takes a lot of classes there and, um, yeah, so he's, uh, he's Mr. Alkaline. It's not his full-time gig, but he's very helpful. You mentioned your two daughters. What do you think, what are the lessons that you think that you are teaching them as they watch you be a busy working mom? Um, I think they're learning a lot. I mean, they're learning about business and I had, I was, I had that opportunity with my dad. I got to go into his office and help with, you know, answer the phones and help run the payroll and do things like that when I was young. But I think they, my goal really, I mean, they're sort of the inspiration by why, behind why I started Alkaline. I wanted to create something that I felt would send a good message to them. I want them to have you know, self-confidence and positive body image. And I want them to have an understanding of what it means to be a woman. And I think I grew up in a household where my mom did not work outside the home and I didn't know any different. And so it's, it's been, I'd say a challenge initially to figure out the balance and kind of overcome a lot of the mom guilt around, you know, feeling like you have to be at every volunteer opportunity or every pickup or every drop off. But I think the lesson for me, even more than them, I think we're both learning from this experience is that you don't, it's okay for me to have something that's important to me and for me to pursue something. And I think it's a good lesson for them because they learn that I can't be at their beck and call. It's not good. Like I'm raising really independent girls because a lot of times I am on a conference call or I am on the phone or they do have to wait an extra couple minutes that pick up because I'm running late and the world doesn't stop turning. And in fact, they're, I think they're, they're 
becoming much more independent and responsible as a result. And then of course, as they get older, I'm hoping I can hire them and <laughs> work for me. And uh, Ava wants to be the first alkaline, the youngest alkaline instructor. She said she wants to start next year, but I told her she has to wait till she's 15. Yeah. So and I have no <laughs> doubt. I, I see the girls in the studio and, um, I don't think there's ever been a time where I've seen them there that it has felt like they resented being there. No, they love, yeah, they love going. And even this, um, we, a lot of times Elle has swimming on Saturdays and Ava will get up. I teach at seven fifteen every Saturday and she most of the time wants to get up and come with me and they've been drawing. I mean, they draw the logo on everything. I mean, they're drawing all that they're, they're prolific drawers and they, you know, draw the logo. They've designed, Ava did a STEM project recently at school and she made, you know, she had to make a something out of cereal boxes and one battery. She built a studio, um, an alkaline studio. So they're definitely, they're into it. They love the merchandise. They love the classes. They love the whole thing. So, I mean, granted, they, they grew up there. I have the playroom on site. So I brought, I never had a nanny. I always brought them with me. And um, I think the coolest thing actually is having them be exposed to such a broader community because I'm one person and I hope that I'm a good role model for them, but you can't teach your kid everything. They have to learn different things from different people. That's why I'm grateful for their awesome teachers at school and other adults that, you know, whether it's our friends or neighbors that we hang out with, they're, they're exposed to a lot of different influences. And we have so many awesome people at the studio, both clients and staff members that it's cool. They have a relationship and they have other people to look up to besides me. So hashtag alkaline next gen. Yeah. Hashtag sure. it takes a village. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, there are so many kinds of workouts and workout trends. What would you say sets alkaline apart from other workouts? That's a great question. Um, I think what really differentiates us is just our approach. We look at the whole person. So alkaline is not just a workout. I mean, I guess if you, you know, drive by or go to our website, you, you think workout, but it's really about attending to the whole person. Um, and this is one of the things I realized being in the fitness business for a while before I actually started alkaline is that you could, you know, work out all the time. You could exercise, you could even exercise and eat right. But if you're not attending to yourself, if you're not connecting with yourself, if you're, if you're just kind of going through the motions, you end up not really being, you know, happy, healthy, or fulfilled. And I think Alkaline really embraces all of that. We are, we do operate brick and mortar studios because I firmly believe that human beings need human connection. And I think human connection is something that's um, becoming, uh, much less available. I hope it will never become extinct because of alkaline, but it just seems that people are less connected to themselves and less connected to each other. And I think there's just, I mean, human beings need human connection. I, there's been a lot of studies done on that. And so alkaline is a place where people can come, they can learn how to move better. And when you move better, you feel better. And then every, you can take that with you everywhere else. And so we really focus on exercises that are sustainable and that are safe, but it's also a really good workout. I think people are often surprised because we talk about, oh, it's safe and sustainable and 
functional. I think they think it's boring or geriatric and it is not at all. The exercises we do are very effective, very challenging, and it's not beating down your body. So it's something you can do day after day, year after year. It's, it's making an investment in your health bank versus a withdrawal, which a lot of exercise, I think, accelerates the wear and tear in your body. And I certainly experienced that with my years of running and not balancing running with any strength training, stretching, mobility work. And it's interesting because one of the things about Alkaline is um, the company has definitely moved in the direction of functional fitness, which has attracted a unique population of clients. Can you describe what the what your typical, or is there a typical alkaline client? Who is, who is this workout um, geared towards? I actually think that's one of the things that's most unique about alkaline is that it's not just for women ages, you know, 30 to 45 who, you know, want to look a certain way. It's actually the definition of functional fitness is all the things you need to be able to do so you can do life better. And and that applies to anybody who wants to be able to move. And you that could go run the gamut from someone who just wants to get up out of bed in the morning without pain and be able to enjoy a walk around the block or, you know, whatever, something simple to performance-based goals. So we've had a lot of evidence in our training where we're helping people who are, you know, they're running faster, cycling faster, golfing, you know, taking strokes off their golf game, whatever it is, and feeling better while doing it. So, um, I don't think there is a typical client. I think what it's more, um, it's not like an, a demographic, it's more of a psychographic. It's the way people perceive their health. And so I think it's really for people who are invested in their long-term health versus, um, a short-term goal of, you know, a pant size, a weight on the scale a caloric burn or something you know, getting in shape for a vacation or to wear this, you know, outfit or whatever. I think it's really people who understand that you're, you're given one body and the better you take care of it, the better off you're going to be longer term. Well said. Alkaline is a franchise and you have studios now two in the Bay Area, both Los Altos and Menlo Park, as well as Irvine, California, and then one all the way in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's right. What are your short-term and long-term goals for Alkaline? And what advice would you give someone who was perhaps interested in opening their own studio? Short-term, we're continuing to, you know, get the message out there about who we are, what we do, and how we can help people feel better because that's ultimately our mission when it boils right down to it. We just want to help people feel better. I think there are a lot of people suffering from just, I don't know, stress, depression, anxiety. Just we live in a really busy, fast world with a lot of, you know, things that are not um, nourishing for our bodies or our souls. So we're trying to provide that. Um, so we are planning to expand. We are, have, you know, quite a pipeline of franchise requests. Our priority is quality over quantity. And that's, that's in everything we do, the movements we do. Uh, we have a nourish program, which is our integrative health coaching program. And it's, you know, 
quality of food. Everything we do is quality of movement, quality of food, quality of people that you surround yourselves with. And we're going for quality of uh, franchise owners. We really want people who have a passion for what Alkaline is all about and are interested in continuing that mission. So I see us opening quite a few more because we would like to gift other communities what Alkaline has brought to the communities that we're in right now. We've seen the transformation of people. We've seen the connection. We've noticed people feeling better, moving better, you know, crazy stories. People have been dealing with chronic pain for years that are able to overcome that. Uh, Will we ever be the biggest fitness franchise? No. Will we be the best? Well, I hope so. (laughs) And any advice in terms of advice I'd give someone interested in opening a studio? I think definitely do your homework. And it's important when you open any sort of business or any big decision that you really understand the the people who are involved in the process and particularly with franchises this is something I didn't really understand going in um, to opening my own business 10 years ago but you know you're paying for support and for a network and so you want to make sure that whoever you're going into business with is you know you're aligned with it's a it's a long-term play and um, you know I think it is any 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 entrepreneur will tell you that, you know, starting your own thing or, you know, it's scary. It's, it's definitely a risk and it's hard to take that risk. And I think the part that makes it so much harder is that everybody in your life will tell you not to do it. They'll give you all the reasons, you know, and I think people do that trying to protect you or sometimes people project their fears and insecurities onto you. I mean, a million people told Tony and I not to open a studio. And if we had listened, we would not be where we are. And I'm grateful every day that we didn't listen. And I trusted my gut and I would just make the same recommendation for anybody who's considering. I've never looked back and regretted what I've done. And I, I think if I hadn't done it, I definitely would look back and, you know, regretted staying in my, you know, old job. Well, we're very, very grateful you took that leap of faith. Speaking of wisdom. We understand you're writing a book. What is this book about? Oh, this is my, this is probably the toughest project I've embarked on yet, especially with two kids in tow. It's hard to find time, but I don't know. It originally, to be honest, it started as like, let me just write down my philosophy and, you know, life and I'll just make it a ebook that people may or may not download. But once I got into it, I really started like unpacking a lot of, I started writing about functional fitness and trying to educate people on what functional fitness is, because it's not something that's really mainstream right now. But what I realized is the reason why it's not mainstream and the reason why the whole fitness market is attracted to the flashy fads is because that's what we are, you know, marketed to maybe in some cases manipulated to believe, right? faster is better, quicker is better, Um, you know, more is more, all these things. And what I started realizing when I wrote, started writing the book is, you know, we all have different opinions on that. And those beliefs come from, I mean, a time and a place that we're not even probably consciously aware. I mean, when I started going back into my own history, I can identify kind of pivotal points of, you know, 
you know, thinking when I was, you know, nine or 10 years old in ballet that I was pear shaped and I would wear a baggy t-shirt and, you know, wouldn't wear, you know, I just, I look back and just think, oh, it's so sad. But something in my life was influencing me to feel that way. I remember when I started running, my older sister said she was also a runner and she said, well, I'm running because I've never seen a fat runner. That was my whole motivation for running, you know? So I ran like Forrest Gump marathons for years and beating my body into the ground and And it was how you looked versus how you felt. Yes. And that was my big turning point. I mean, by 25, I woke up one day and thought, I am miserable. Why am I doing this? It was actually my, the last time I ran the Boston Marathon, it was like 95 degrees that year. It was brutal. And literally from the first step I took, I wanted to be done. I'm like, this is miserable. Why am I doing this? And people were down in the med tents. Like it was so hot. People were going down left and right. And I thought, if I just run even as slowly as possible, I'll get to the finish line before, you know, I'll, I will get there if I wait in these lines of these med tents, but I am never doing this again. Like this is not fun anymore. Right. I think whatever you do should be for an enjoyment, not for punishment or to earn. It was like a shift in all of a sudden my ego didn't need that. It didn't need to run a certain time. It didn't need to qualify for anything. It just needed to take care of itself. Like I just, so, yeah, I mean, it's a cra- it's crazy journey. So the book kind of goes back. It's part my story and part experience I've had with people. And I think the greatest gift I've had is just the ability to work with people day in and day out for over 10 years and observe. I just watch. I watch. I observe. I, you know, see trends. And now I think my superpower. I hope I'm not taking a question away from you. <laughs> like my, I can like, this is, this sounds weird, but like, I can almost see people's like, in terms of their you have like, crystal body, ball. I have the crystal ball. I'm like, Oh, this is going to turn into an injury. If you don't take care of it, do I go around? It would be saying like, Oh, I'm a psychic and going up. Oh, excuse me. Can I tell you what your future is going to be? You don't want to go tell someone that unless they ask. And most people don't ask. Most people don't want to know, but you know, I have a business where I do get to work with people and day after day, you know, try to work on educating and, but, um, yeah, so it talks a a little, a lot about that and, you know, mindset and just your approach to health and wellness. And I don't know, at this point, I I feel like this could be like a war and peace level, (laughs) but it's taking your years of experience combined with observations combined with the research that you've done and putting it all together in a in a delivery system that can really reach a lot of people who are hoping to live in better, more fulfilled, more balanced life. Yes. All right. We have some time for some fun questions. Think of these like Oprah, Oprah would ask. I'm not going to ask you what <laughs> If you were a tree, what kind of tree you would be? But if you want to answer that, you can. Um, What is your least favorite word? (laughs) The world's least favorite word is M-O-I-S-T. Not a fan. I'm not going to say it out loud. That's about as much as, yeah. Unless you're referring to a brownie, but then even then, just (laughs) disgusting. (laughs) Uh, What is your favorite food? Oh, um, I do. I love food. Uh, I would say my favorite like 
meal would be chips and guacamole. <laughs> As a meal. Yes. Just chips and guac. Yes. But they have to be like, again, quality over quantity. I have to have like good chips and good guacamole. Well, like, guacamole, healthy fat. So oh, there's yeah. nothing wrong with guacamole. Let's just let the record show. Yeah, it's delicious. Um, while you're dining on that, those chips and salsa, what would your what's your favorite drink? Oh, okay. So kind of my treat, not that I have this every day, but if I can get a really good oat milk matcha, like a matcha latte, that would be good. Usually I just have plain old you know, green tea or something in the morning. I don't drink coffee. I wish I drank coffee because all the coffee drinks look really good. Uh, and then, okay, this is a, tr- a tricky question. So if I had to pick like a, an evening drink, uh, I would say if I were eating chips and guacamole, then I'd probably have a, like a skinny margarita with, you know, no added sugar. I hate the word skinny, by the way, but it's the only way to order a margarita that doesn't have all the junk in it yeah maybe if you we, say if you say like can i have a margarita without the sweet and sour and they're like do you want a skinny margarita i'm like yes okay just give me that it's the only time i say maybe that's your next skinny. mission is to change the verbiage around that yeah avocados, sugar. avocados are fat and margaritas are skinny other than that i don't use those words in my house <laughs> that's good um but if i weren't having a margarita i would probably have a deep eddy grapefruit vodka mixed with a LaCroix grapefruit sparkling water with a slice of lime. Very nice. Very yeah, refreshing. Very, uh, low, low sugar, low calorie, very refreshing and very hydrating. It's all about hydrating. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. All right. If you could board a plane and fly anywhere right now, where would you go? I would love to go to New Zealand. I It's one of my dreams to rent an RV and drive through New Zealand. We, Tony and I had a trip planned there before we opened our first studio. We were supposed to go to the end of 2008. And we thought the studio was going to open, you know, typical construction delays. We thought it was going to open a lot earlier than it did. So we canceled the trip. We had flights booked like business class using miles back when you could get, you know, trip to New Zealand business class for like 80,000 miles. Uh, but my hope is maybe sometime in the next five years we can go back and now do it with our kids because I think they're old enough that they would appreciate that adventure. So New Zealand all the way. Maybe that needs to be like put on your calendar, like just lock it in. You know, maybe we'll open a studio there and then I'll make it a business expense. No, <laughs> good idea. Good idea. Calling we'll all. Go, we'll go international. Exactly. All right. This is one of my favorite questions. Who would you like to play you in the blockbuster movie about your life? Um, that's tough because most of my favorite actresses might be aged out of that role by the time that... <laughs> Um, I would say Emma Watson. Oh, that's a good one. Hermione, right? Yeah. She's cute, right? Yeah. Yeah. You resemble her. And she's spunky, which you are. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And I think my kids, because of the Harry Potter connection, might actually approve that. So They might want to be there at that <laughs> premiere. Absolutely. Anything else you'd like to share with your audience today? No, I'm just so excited to start off this podcast. We've been talking about this for so long. So it's exciting that we're finally doing it. Yeah, and you can reach out to us 
at Erin at Alkaline Studios or Kathy at AlkalineStudios.com. If you have people you think we should interview on our podcast, or if you would like to be a guest, we're always looking for some really fascinating people that we can pepper with questions or topics you want to hear about. It's called Alkaline Unplugged. So anything goes. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Kathy.